And also today we are going to be doing. No, I don't like that. Yeah, my volume. <laughs> my time. volume's also weird. <laughs> it's funny every time. <laughs> I have a hard time starting stuff, apparently. everybody and welcome to book retorts i'm your host danielle i'm sam and this is the podcast where one of us has a strange piece of media and we share it with the other person who has no experience with it that's me (laughs) today that's sam (laughs) (laughs) today we're going to be talking about the movie red riding hood okay which one they seem to be a million of them (laughs) i don't know if there's a million red riding hood movies but it's the one with amanda seyfried 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 I feel bad that I don't know her last name. I quite like her. <laughs> She's on Mamma Mia. Oh, okay. Haven't seen that yeah. either. Please don't do that one. <laughs> that would be a hard one because it's a musical. I do. I mean, Abba's fun enough, but I don't need to hear you recount. And then they sing for 10 minutes. <laughs> it's not weird. Musicals are just naturally weird. That'd be an extra weird musical, like Carousel. Oh, that'd be a good one. I don't think I've seen that one. Oh, Carousel's freaking weird. <laughs> Anyway, I'll have to re I don't know how to try. I actually want to rewatch that movie, but I would for the podcast. Your sacrifice will be noted. Thank you. Who else <laughs> is in Red Riding Hood? Amanda Seyfried, Billy Burke, and there's some other people in that. I would imagine, <laughs> unless it's a two-person show. Actually, it's quite the, a, quite a wide cast in it. We'll get there. I don't want to give everything away. <laughs> okay. I watched this on Netflix, so that's where it is currently as of this recording. There's this great quote from a Roger Ebert review that he did. He says, Red Riding Hood has the added inconvenience of being dreadfully serious about a plot so preposterous it demands to be filmed by Monty Python. <laughs> Uh, I guess he didn't like it. Yeah, he really didn't like it. I didn't think it was nearly as bad as he thought it was, that it is. But you, it is you very like serious. almost any movie, Danielle. You are a low bar to clear <laughs> in the like a movie department. I really enjoy movies as a whole, so I, I would agree. My bar is pretty low for enjoyment of movies. That's not a criticism, by the way. It's nice that you find such joy in even the most mediocre of films. That's like something I envy. <laughs> Thanks. I appreciate that. I put that on my uh, business card. (laughs) Finds joy in the most mediocre of films. Yeah. All right. I'm going to send you the summary of this movie. There are a lot of summaries out there of this movie. I found the one that made me laugh the most, but it also (laughs) happens to be one of the shortest summaries. That's all right. Short and comprehensive. That's what I like about a summary. Absolutely. <laughs> that is short. Okay. <laughs> I wasn't joking. A kind-hearted girl falls in love with the wrong woodcutter, and the local werewolf is on the loose. <laughs> like, I don't know. That's such a bad summary. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I don't know the original Red Riding Hood from Grimm's fairy tales, I assume, that well. But werewolf? Yeah. I told you, this plot goes... Wasn't she a child also? (laughs) So the whole, like, falls in love with the woodcutter thing is extremely not okay. 
you're gonna kind of hate the first quarter of this film but then it gets pretty wild about about a quarter halfway in it gets it starts to spiral wildly out of control all right so let's just skip to the middle then yeah kind of all right you ready for this sam uh probably not but let's do it anyway (laughs) it's like i said you're really not gonna like this first quarter so bear with me (laughs) (laughs) that's a heck of a way to sell this danielle i know that's what I'm here for. Selling bad movies to you. They don't have to be bad, just weird. <laughs> I know. You could do a good weird movie, Danielle, and save us both the pain. It's this is an okay weird movie. It it's like ten percent on Rotten Tomatoes though, so you know. How's that going for it? <laughs> All right. So it opens with an aerial shot of a small medieval village. Uh, It doesn't say when this is set. I did read on an article that supposedly it's around the 1300s, but who really knows? It's medieval time. To us, in all movies, it's all the exact same year. Exactly. So there's a little girl named Valerie, and she's wandering the village. And a man is chaining a small piglet to a stump. Sure. Yeah. And everybody's kind of like standing around. And he says, full moon, lock up tonight. Better the wolf takes the pig than you. All right. So, so it's a sacrificial piglet to the werewolf. This movie's not very hard to follow. <laughs> this is this is very Perseus, I gotta say. Like, if she goes out and saves the pig from the monster and they fall in love, like, with Perseus, you remember that? Am I just... All right. All right. This <laughs> I, don't, the... I don't know my uh, Greek and Roman mythology. I'm sorry. <laughs> This is a Greek mythology podcast. We'll be taking a brief detour into the history of Greek mythology as filtered through the lens of Grimm's fairy tales and piglets chained to logs. (laughs) Actually, I think they'd be a fun podcast because I don't remember a lot of my studies on Greek mythology. So you can tell me about it and I'll listen. It's a... It's not relevant to this. We'll probably cut all this anyway, so let's just move on. That might be a better story, though. (laughs) They're enduring myths for a reason. All right. So she meets up with a boy named Peter outside the village. Peter and the wolf. I hate it. Peter and the wolf. I know. (laughs) I had that thought about halfway through the movie. I was like, wait a minute. (laughs) (laughs) I like Peter and the wolf. That's a great piece of work. So they're not really supposed to be running through the woods together, of course, but they do. They trap a rabbit. Do they know each other? I mean- Yeah, they're friends. Like, he's about- her age she's he's a little bit older than her but were they like six seven eight twelve what i'm gonna guess they're like 10 11 okay age they trap a rabbit it's unclear why he says something (laughs) about making boots for her um (laughs) i know so i don't know if they're planning to like take home and eat it or what but they trap it and they're kind of arguing over who's gonna kill it and then the scene cuts and you don't know who kills it or if it even dies and then it jumps ahead 10 years is that gonna be some big plot point later sort of Okay. It's it's referenced. <laughs> <laughs> you were the one who killed the rabbit. No, you were the one who killed the rabbit. Yes. That's the whole plot. It devolves into who killed the rabbit. So Valerie's older now, obviously, since like I said, ten years ahead. And that she's stalking is a, how time works. That is how time works. <laughs> she's stalking a woodcutter in the forest, and it's of course Peter. Peter the woodcutter being stalked by woodcutter. Valerie. Do they not recognize each other at this point? No, she's just watching him work. He's he's working with a group out in the woods of woodcutters. So when she falls in love with the wrong woodcutter it's a woodcutter she already knows yeah i'm yeah i'm not entirely sure why it says the wrong woodcutter because it sounds like there's multiple woodcutters or (laughs) you must pick your husband from amongst all the woodcutters in the land but if you choose wrong you will wither away like that guy in the last crusade There's another man, so maybe they just meant, like, the person she's not supposed to choose because her family disapproves, which we'll get to, but it's not the wrong woodcutter. Right, okay, there's no right woodcutter, Yeah, (laughs) I suppose. (laughs) When I read that, I was like, what does that mean? (laughs) 
<laughs> people don't think through their summaries very much, no. and then we think them through way too much. That's why I enjoyed that one so much. And the addition, just the throw online of like, and then, and then by the way, there's also werewolf. And the werewolf seems like it would be more important than falling in love I with know. the wrong woodcutter. So dumb. So right, we, we really got to get into this because yeah, we can't spend the entire podcast just on the dumb summary. <laughs> so this is Peter, the woodcutter. And for some reason in this movie, they're all speaking modern English. And this is about where I realized it. I was like, why? Because <laughs> it's a movie? Like, what do you expect them to be speaking? Like, Shasher and Just anything, like, but they're like, genuinely, it's Chaucer. fairly modern English. Like, it kind of seems Chaucer. to stop Sorry. talking. <laughs> You're just like... <laughs> Still talking. <laughs> I'm trying to say Chaucer. Chaucer. <laughs> Sorry. I've, I've, I've lost my ability to say Chaucer. Chaucer. <laughs> it, it broke my tongue. <laughs> <laughs> I strained my tongue once. I'm saying Chaucer. Chaucer. No. <laughs> we were doing. Saucer. I'm the flying Chaucer. <laughs> okay. <laughs> You read it. You're the one who has to edit this all out. <laughs> I'll probably keep some of this in because it's pretty funny. <laughs> you go like, stop talking. <laughs> it's because you were st- – I realized like two-thirds of the way through my sentence, you were still speaking. <laughs> it's like, why? Because <laughs> I was trying to say Chaucer, right? Chaucer. Chaucer. Son of a <laughs> – you say it. Isn't it Chaucer? I don't know. Is it a hard ch or a soft ch? I always thought it was a slightly hard ch, but you know, it's probably one of those things that you see in print more than you hear out loud. Who knows? I don't know Middle English all that well and how you pronounce words, so yeah. I didn't expect them to speak Middle English in this movie, but I did just kind of expect them to speak something other than, you know, 2011. Are they saying like, you know, idioms, what's up? No, (laughs) it's not that weird. (laughs) You expect it to be more, oh, hello, woodcutter, how art thou? Yeah, I don't know, but it just, it seemed weirdly, it is the word. Anachronistic? Yeah, that's exactly what the word I was looking for. (laughs) I can say that, right? Can't say saucer. (laughs) Anyway, the woodcutters take a break and she kind of lures them into the forest like, hey, come out in the forest and hang out with me, Peter. Is she being all like seductive or is this more like No, she actually steals his axe and like kind of does this little like move with it. She's like, oh, I took your axe, come out here and get it from me. Oh, Okay. And he steps off to the side with her. They're kind of hidden by the forest. And he basically says, like, we shouldn't meet like this. Don't you know they've already arranged for you to marry Henry? And she seems awfully surprised by this. And I'm not entirely sure how the woodcutter knows this, but the girl getting married doesn't know this. Movies do this all the time, where a character will state something that both characters should already know and doesn't need to be stated. Exactly. So she's kind of surprised she scoffs, commenting that her mother finally got what she wanted, which apparently is money. So we know what the mom's after. And Henry's the well-off son of a local blacksmith who likes her. So woodcutter bad, blacksmith good. Yeah, apparently. I didn't realize that there was a big stratification in trade professions yeah, in I medieval I, But apparently there is. And I, I guess maybe the bla- – it's a fairly small town. The size seems to vary from scene to scene. But I'm not entirely sure why the blacksmith has so much more money than the woodcutter does. This is definitely England, not like medieval Germany or whatever. It might be Germany. Okay. They don't say – they never say. It's not at all It's specific. just generic medieval town of European origin. Yeah. It's very visually very pretty to watch. It's just – an it's – I don't know. There's something going on with that movie. <laughs> <laughs> 
Maybe I'll figure it out by the end of this. <laughs> so Peter wants to run away. He's like, let's get out of here. They want to <laughs> so lope. Got it. They run off towards some horses. And right as they kind of get to the horses, there's a bell that tolls off in the distance. And she looks up like towards the sound, towards the town. And she goes, the wolf. And they race back into town. He was actually serious about running away. Like he had planned to run away with her that day. Yeah, apparently. Henry wants to marry you. You don't want to marry Henry. Let's get out of here. Maybe he's brought it up frequently. I don't know. But she was into it. She's like, yeah, let's go. I don't have anything with me, but let's do it. But then the bell's like, nope, gotta go because we heard a bell. Yeah. So I guess it's apparently enough to bail on all their plans. Like they didn't care about the wolf five minutes ago, but now they do. (laughs) Yeah, that wolf. He hears that bell and he knows it's time to eat some young lovers. No, apparently the bell is warning them that something happened with the wolf. So that's why they run back into town. And once they arrive in town, they're in the middle of this haystack field and i wish i had a picture of this because this is the weirdest scene there's just they're like weird pointy haystacks and they have purple flowers all over them and i don't know why that you guys tweet an image of that yeah it's so strange they're just standing in the midst of these like purple flowered haystacks you're like why haystacks don't bloom they're they're dead (laughs) it's very confusing does hay have hay doesn't have a flower does it i thought it was grass maybe it has a flower i don't know i don't know but it's definitely not how you normally see haystacks i'll put it there fair enough and so as they're walking through kind of the people they're making their way towards where the crowd is she hears all these murmurs about how the wolf broke the treaty and someone's been murdered and she they kind of there's quiet. a wolf treaty there's this a movie wolf throws treaty. out concepts <laughs> so casually that i feel really need to be elaborated on <laughs> a wolf agreement i'll get into it in a minute but there's like an agreement with this wolf and the entire movie i'm just going when did they make this agreement with the wolf how did they sit down at like a stump and they say okay parliamentary proceedings for the treaty of the villagers and the one random werewolf we have drop a document if you'll sign here with your paw? Are yeah. you in human form? I don't know. And they've never seen the werewolf, and it's just been like tradition to leave out they've something never sacrificial. Seen it? No. <laughs> then how'd they make the treaty? I don't know. It's like an agreement. They keep saying it's an agreement with the werewolf, and you're like, how is it an agreement? Like, you just put it you out there just and he eats it. <laughs> We assume that we put out a pig and he eats it. Therefore, you could just be feeding like stray dogs if you never see anything. You don't know it's a werewolf. Yeah, it's crazy. I don't. It does not explain where this this story came from at all. You were right. I do hate the start of this movie. <laughs> yeah, it has terrible. all the information about things I don't care about, which is the woodsman and Valerie's tryst, and none of the information I want to hear about, which is werewolf treaty negotiations. I actually cut down a lot of the love triangle just for you, Sam. So There's you a didn't. love triangle. Does she fall off the wolf? There's I, already. Established what I already told you that Henry the blacksmith boy and the woodcutter and her. I thought Henry was a non-issue because she didn't like him. Well, he kind of is, but he's still in the background because the mom and dad want her to marry him. That's not a love triangle. I mean, we've didn't we argue over this before about what constitutes a love triangle, and you agreed that I was correct. Has made her choice, and someone else is trying to force her. That's not a love triangle. But she kind of wavers, and uh, Peter gives up at one point very quickly and then comes back very quickly. You'll get there. We'll get there. I also, Danielle, I swear, if you are making good on your threat to only do love triangle pieces for this, <laughs> this podcast, it this was, is not going to end well. First off, this, I, that was not my intention. It's not really even a love triangle. And like I said, I cut out a lot of it just for you. So you should thank me. <laughs> thank you, Danielle. 
And then second, it's not my fault that I watch a lot of young adult media <laughs> or read a lot of young adult media, and a lot of them have love triangles, Sam. That's not Daniel, my I've fault. I've read a lot of young adult media, too, as you well know, and almost none of them contain love triangles. <laughs> so it's right. not about the young adult media. It's about what you choose to read in the genre. Yeah, well, apparently the things I choose to read have love triangles in them. I yeah. don't know what to tell so you. So take responsibility. <laughs> I, I'm fine with love triangles. It's you that has a problem with them. I, I just don't want them to be in everything and they're always so uh, they're always just the same it's the same thing every time well i can't promise that the next thing i do won't have love triangle in it but i will try my best to find something that's not triangular <laughs> quadrilangular <laughs> yeah maybe there'll be a foursome or six tuplets <laughs> Didn't we talk about that during the, was it, the gods themselves about yeah. the two different? Okay. I think so. Okay. Anyway, so everybody's talking. They're kind of whispering amongst themselves. She walks into the crowd. They all quiet down, which is always a bad omen. And she asks who was murdered. And somebody's like, it was your sister. Oh, no. She has a sister? Apparently, an older sister. And, oh, I was expecting to be a younger sister because that's usually how they try to pull the heartstrings. But. Mm-hmm. Nope, it was an older sister, and now their elopement plans are apparently... On hold. On hold, because her sister died from a werewolf attack. <laughs> Put that on your cancel card. <laughs> Bummer. Sorry, the wedding had postponed due to a werewolf attack. <laughs> so that evening, they have a laying out of the body in the house for people to visit, kind of like a memorial service. If it was killed by a werewolf, wouldn't it be a pretty gruesome body? It is not in the movie. It just is kind of... She's just laying there on the ground, and there's blood. There's not... She doesn't look particularly torn apart. You would think, yeah, that the werewolf would like eat her or something. So Henry, the aforementioned fiance, comes to offer his condolences at the house and she hides in her room. She's like, no. (laughs) (laughs) So he suggests that the father, uh, her father, go to the tavern with them and he says something along the lines of, leave the woman folk to grieve in their own way, which seems wildly sexist, but is not actually a character trait that goes anywhere. (laughs) (laughs) So it's just a sexist line, not a sexist character. Yeah, it's super strange because for the rest of the movie, there's no real suggestion that he holds any kind of sexist belief. It's just a line that's thrown in there. Wow. Yeah. So the mother tries to convince Valerie that an arranged marriage will be like, totally fine, Val. Just calm down. Why are you being so dramatic about it? (laughs) She says that she was in love with another person when she was young and she married Valerie's father and, you know, she she learned to love him and they had two beautiful daughters, now one of which is dead by a werewolf attack. <laughs> this is not the time to be pushing marriage right now. You have to grieve your child. Nope. She's she's pushing marriage. <laughs> one track mind. I know. So it switches to the tavern and the men's folk are all gathered around. And the men's folk. The men's folk. Yep. They're arguing whether they should go kill the wolf or not. And they know where its lair is. And they said it's broken Wait. the agreement. <laughs> so get. they've never seen this wolf. No one's ever seen it, but they leave a pig out for it every night or every, every fortnight. Moon. Yeah, whatever. And they know where it lives somehow, even though they've never seen it. They've seen the bones of the animals, I guess, somewhere up by a cave. Yeah, so they, and they bears know. don't exist. I'm just saying, they think the werewolf lives there, Sam. You just gotta go and with other it. other wolves don't exist. Who knows? So they have this wolf. Why have they never contemplated this option before? Because the werewolf supposedly just leaves them alone if they feed it a pig once a month. Yeah, but they could just kill it and keep all their pigs. Are I, expensive. Like, I agree. I agree. And this is the argument that they're having is basically like we've given him our best livestock every month like let's just go kill the guy or person or whatever thing yeah (laughs) 
werewolf. Let's go kill the werewolf. These villagers are not bright. I know. They are not good problem solvers, and they're terrible at treaty negotiations with werewolves. I agree. The agreements that they never made. Well, because with a treaty, you have to have an enforcement mechanism. <laughs> right. But that's not... There's no enforcement. Anyway, so they're discussing this. <laughs> there's a young priest in town. He's, you know, the, the town's priest, the one priest. Oh, young priest. priest and an old priest. Got it. Yeah. And he... <laughs> there's no old priest. <laughs> the young priest. Did you ruin my exorcist joke? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Sorry. This movie would be better with exorcism. Most things would. So the young priest in town says that he's already requested Father Solomon come. And he says, Father Solomon has a long history of destroying werewolves and witches and cities across the kingdom, and he'll fix their problem. So so werewolves are a common problem. <laughs> Apparently. And they have a guy dedicated to killing them, and they never thought to call him before. I know. It's insane. <laughs> now, I'm not saying the werewolves deserve to be killed. I'm not trying to imply that I'm prejudiced against werewolves and they all deserve to be murdered in this universe. I don't know. Maybe they're good in this universe and they're just misunderstood. But the fact that you as a village of medieval peasants, presumably, have the knowledge and access to a werewolf killer and have decided to just ignore the wolf in the meantime is ludicrous. I know. <laughs> but apparently, this is the last straw. <laughs> the murder was the last straw. They've decided to call Father Solomon a town. At least it was the first murder. That's true. They haven't had murders in forever, or if ever. I don't know. Well, first werewolf murder, I mean. Yes. Like, they didn't say, well, he killed one person. If he kills again, then we'll deal with him. <laughs> anyway, so Valerie's father is very against this. He's like, Father Solomon will rob us of our vengeance, because he's obviously feeling pretty surly about the death of his daughter. So he's like, no, I want to kill it. Yes, basically. And the crowd <laughs> okay, rallies great. around him to kill the beast. <laughs> you know. oh, but there are no, no pitchforks and it's really sad. There's no songs about Gaston and how he's just the dreamiest. And I wish there was. Okay, Danielle, <laughs> please. Your, your personal fantasies aside. <laughs> it would be fun if there was a musical number is what I'm saying. Well, that's true about pretty much any movie, but that doesn't help us now. Let's get through this. So in some exposition, they let us know the rules of the werewolf. And it's another one of those scenes where everybody in the room already knows it, but they're going to announce it anyway. So okay. there's three werewolf rules. <laughs> the first Three rule, rules of the werewolf. Yeah. The first rule is they can't go out in the daylight as werewolves. What? That's just the rule, Sam. I don't know how <laughs> they know it. They just can't go out in the daylight. That It's a night creature. <laughs> uh, it's a I night mean, full I, moon creature only. I never thought about this personally. <laughs> But if they're only transformed in the moonlight, then they would never – like, you, if the moon's not there, then they wouldn't be able – do they – I'm sorry. This is breaking my brain. Uh, <laughs> let me try to gallop myself because my concept is if the moon is up, it's not sunlight. And if it's like a full moon transformation, then a, a werewolf can't exist in a wolf form during the day anyway. It's not that they can't do it because it like burns them. It's like, oh, the moon goes away, so you're no longer a werewolf. It is unclear in this movie if the sunlight like – hurts them in some way or if it turns them to something else in some way like it doesn't it's not clear i don't know so it's not the moon that transforms them i i know that they only on the full moon is this when they have a problem with the werewolf so the full moon is what helps transform the werewolf into a werewolf yeah but then it's only during when the moon's up at night so this yes. this rule is nonsense daniel yeah, well, i'm I just saying it. that's what they say in the rules i didn't make the rules up sam <laughs> I, I'm not blaming you. I'm just telling you, I hate it. It's just telling the audience that, like, if they see a werewolf, it can't last till daylight. Like, it's going to have to leave at some point. Pointing so out an it's obvious. It's going to turn to stone like a troll. I'm so confused. <laughs> okay, just it's a werewolf when there's a full moon out. The minute dawn hits. 
the werewolf has to leave. Do they just transform back to people? People, don't they get, don't know. They don't know. They just know that the werewolf only comes out at the full moon. They don't know if it turns back into a human. They don't know if it goes has okay. to go back to its cave. They don't know anything about the werewolf. Look, Danny, I'm sorry. When they say werewolf, there are certain preconceived notions about how werewolves work. That to I you as have. a person, yeah. But like back apparently in this medieval city, the but village, the movie they only is... know that a werewolf comes out at a full moon. They've never thought about what happens with the werewolf the rest of the month. Okay, because I'm thinking like, is is the movie trying to make like new werewolf rules? No, like not particularly. Okay. It's just right. that they don't. They honestly, to I swear to them, it seems like the werewolf only comes out in the full moon, and then they never think about the werewolf the rest of the month. Okay, so it's not that these are the rules of the werewolf; these are their observations about the werewolf. Sure, because those are different things. <laughs> But they don't, they just say that, I don't know if they say the word rules, but they're just like, these are the three things we know about werewolves. <laughs> okay. This is the facts they have gathered so far, which may or may not be accurate. Sure. So one is that it can't go out in the daylight. It can't be a werewolf in the daylight. They don't know what happens to it. The Got it. second is it can be killed by silver. Then they know this somehow. Somehow. Great. Uh, lore. I don't Probably know. Probably from the father old guy who kills werewolves <laughs> that they should have called the first that none place. none of them have ever met before. And the third is that it can't touch holy ground. Because I guess they're demon werewolves. I don't know. <laughs> I, I get for the undead, like vampires, that they were repelled by holy objects because they are an abomination, but werewolves? Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I okay. don't know. <laughs> werewolves and chupacabras can't <laughs> enter holy ground. None of those weird things. Satan's wolves. I don't know. So <laughs> Great. Okay. Death those. Can't enter holy ground. It's like a 12-minute conversation. Killed by silver. Yes. So far, so werewolf, except for the last one, which is stupid. <laughs> So back at the house, the women are wondering why the dead sister was outside on a wolf night. Because as we established, it was a full moon. She wasn't supposed to be out. So and wait, how did they, did they just find her body? Like, yeah, they find her body. They the don't. Sh- they don't show that scene. No, in the haystacks, apparently. <laughs> so what time of day? Oh, I'm so, all right. I got to get my time on. So she was out dallying with the woodcutter in the morning, in the afternoon. Did they take, take all day to find the sister's it body out in the haystacks? daylight when they were... Out in the woods, and I'm assuming the girl, the older sister, probably died the night before, and they found her body that next morning. Okay. Is my best guess. I thought she was, like, found in the middle of the town or something. No, she's found in the haystack. I told you there were haystacks with purple Yeah, I don't know if there were, like, haystacks in the town. Why would there be haystacks in the town? They have, like, carts of hay in every medieval movie. But they're giant haystacks. It's just a field full of haystacks with flowers on them. Okay. Well, I I clearly did not understand that. Sorry. My fault. I'll explain better. Oh, gosh. (laughs) You're the one who keeps asking (laughs) clarifying questions. This is what happens. That's what we do. That's what this show's about. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Anyway, so they're trying to figure out why she was outside on a night that was known as dangerous because most people don't leave the town. They lock it up and don't leave. And someone suggests that she was out meeting a boy. And it turns out that she had a crush on Henry, the one that's engaged to the other sister now. Oh, so it is a love quadrangle. Sort of. Valley's surprised by this because she didn't realize that her sister had a crush on Henry. And Henry's grandma is like, oh, don't worry. Henry totally likes you. You're the pretty one. Just a terrible line. What? Don't say that to a grieving sister. <laughs> it's so weird. And she does it with like the creepiest expression on her face. Uh-huh. Grandma, so, no. You know, everybody's kind of slightly creepy in this movie. I think it's to build the idea that, you know, something's going on in the town. So Peter arrives at the house to give his condolences, Peter the woodcutter, and the mom catches him in private before he's seen by anybody and tells him basically like, you don't have enough to offer my daughter. Like, if you love her, 
leave because Henry's a better fit for her. Henry can take care of her. You can't do that. If he actually takes that advice, I'll be very upset with him because a dumb. Okay. Well, 10 seconds later, <laughs> uh, <laughs> Valerie, <laughs> Valerie hears all the noise in the street, the kill the beast noise. So she runs out there. She sees Peter who's joining the fray and she's like, be careful out there. And he basically is like, what we had wasn't really serious. You need to let it go. Go marry Henry. He's a better choice. Leave. <laughs> Get out of here. Why? <laughs> Like, literally 20 minutes ago, he was like, let's run away together. I and I was like, nah, go, go marry Henry. I don't really care for you anymore. This is... Mm. He's back and forth a lot in this. and She deserves better than both of them. <laughs> so he joins the crowd. He starts to leave with them. And Henry comes up kind of shortly after that. And is like, I'm going with them. I wanted to give you this. It was a wedding gift. I'm going to give it to you now. And it's a silver bracelet that he's made. Or at least it looks silver. And she puts it uh, on her wrist. Oh. Uh, yeah. You would think seven. that would go somewhere, Sam. <laughs> Silver and weird wolves. It doesn't yeah, it go doesn't. anywhere. Oh, no. <laughs> Why are there so many things in books and movies that don't go anywhere? Uh, did we just never notice that before, Danielle? Since we never know. talked about them? Or is it just that we're just got a, a lucky break of movies that try to include details and that don't matter? I'm not sure. I was so perplexed by it, though. I was like, oh, okay. Like, she'll use it. The werewolf will attack or something and she'll put up a wrist or something will happen with it. It'll repel the werewolf. No. Yeah. <laughs> just, that was yeah. literally my first thought. Exactly. It's everybody's first thought. Oh, a silver bracelet. No. All right. Did it have any significance in the movie other than just that he gave her a bracelet? Not particularly. No. All right. <laughs> it's well. really unnecessary. Great. So the townsfolk leave. They trudge off into the wintry woods. And I haven't mentioned this before, but it's hilarious to me because everybody in this movie is underdressed. It's winter. There is snow on the ground. It starts to snow in the opening scene, basically. And there's snow on the ground pretty much the entire movie. And everybody's walking around in, like, peasant blouses or, like, <laughs> sh short-sleeved dresses. And occasionally Ugh. they have cloaks on or whatever. But they are wildly underdressed for what looks to be either an English or German weather winter. <laughs> like, no, that's – yeah, that's not okay. They're, they're all going to get frostbite. They go off into the woods and, like, half of them are wearing cloaks. But some of them are just wearing normal, like, peasant clothes. <laughs> it's like, y'all got to die. <laughs> Yeah, they're definitely going to die. It's insane. So Valerie's kind of sneaking behind the group. She's watching them depart, and they pass a house on the outskirts of the woods, and an older woman steps out into the porch. She's watching the group pass, and she signals to Valerie's father, who's with the group, and he comes forward, and she basically is like, be careful out there, and he jokes that he's all gristle, and the wolf wouldn't want him anyway, and then joins the crowd and leaves. So you realize, of course, that it's his mother, which makes her the grandmother character from lore oh mm. old granny out in the woods yep. living with the werewolf so valerie spends the evening with her grandmother she's kind of lamenting about her terrible life and her sister's death and everything yeah okay there's some reason to be upset right now yeah and she's clearly closest to her grandmother out of all her family members and her grandma pulls out a cloak a red hooded is cloak. it red it yeah. is yep red riding hood <laughs> So this is Red Riding Hood's origin story. Kind of. Yeah, you could say that. <laughs> Great. <laughs> so she says, basically, like, I made this for your wedding. And Valerie says she doesn't feel like it's her wedding, but more like she's being sold to somebody. But she Which wears the cloak anyway. Fair. Yeah. So the townsfolk are, now we're like following the townsfolk up. They're in the wolf's den where they assume the werewolf is hiding. They light their torches and they head inside. And in classic troping, horror movie troping, they all start to separate as they come to lines. Of Why? Because they're in a cave. Why? And they keep splitting, so they just keep splitting Ugh. up their party <laughs> again. 
the trail. But if they know where the lair is, just all go to the lair. You don't need to spread out and cast like a net. They're in the lair. They're in the. They're inside the cave where they think. Oh, the, so the cave is splitting up. Yeah, the cave keeps splitting paths, and so they keep splitting their group up further and further oh, to check all the paths. Dumb. And they get down to Peter and Henry. Henry's dad. There's like a couple of people in their group, and then they come to another split and. And Henry's like, we shouldn't separate any further. Like, don't make this a smaller group than it already is. And Peter's yeah. like, screw you. And he leaves. Because, <laughs> you know, he's surly. <sighs> Peter. You know. Peter, Peter, Peter. Peter's mad at Henry because Henry's winning in the romance Except department. he isn't. <laughs> I know. But, like, they, but he, he can't, like. He literally threw in the towel. But I guess he can't go against, you know, the, the family wanting Henry and her to get married. Except they were about to run away together. So clearly he can. I know. Regardless. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Suddenly, uh, wind whips through time and all the torches go out and there's a that's scream. How tunnels work. I know, right? I was like, where's the wind coming from? <laughs> <laughs> there's a scream and then somebody runs forward with their torch, you know, their lit torch. They were in another part of the tunnel and it turns out that Henry's dad has been killed by the werewolf and all these villagers come running and a man finds them and the wolf attacks again and he stabs the wolf with a knife. So far, so good. So, but yeah. not a silver knife. You know, I, I think they had probably had silver knives. The oh. next morning, the townsfolk are on the tavern and they're super cheery about their conquests and they have a wolf's head and it's on a pike. And they're kind of like holding it around and cheering about. Was this just a regular wolf, not the werewolf? I'm not going to tell you yet. Okay. So Valerie hears about Henry's dad dying. And so she goes to the blacksmith's shop to offer sympathy. And Henry's feeling obviously particularly bad about it because he was with his dad when he died. Mm -hmm. And he basically is like, I smelled it and I hid and... I can't believe I let my father get killed. I should have, you know, tried to, to kill the wolf when I smelled it. And he tells her to leave, that he doesn't want her to see him like that. So while making her way home, she sees her mother holding a vigil over Henry's father's, like, dead body. And she has a sudden realization that the man her mother was talking about earlier, when she said that she was in love with somebody uh, before the father. She loved Henry's father. She loved Henry's father. And her mom sees her out the window and she like hurries out there. And Valerie basically is like, tell me the truth. Like, why was it that my older sister couldn't marry Henry? Like, she was the first in line to get married. Oh, uh, yeah. yeah. Love child. <laughs> and the mom's like, you can't tell your father. Like, he doesn't know. You can't tell him. And she basically sort of agrees, but right as they're kind of having this argument, there's a horn that sounds in the distance. <laughs> and What's with the distance? The noises interrupting conversations. Sam, you're gonna. This is where the movie starts to get crazy. <laughs> okay, okay, finally. I know that's all like backstory plot. This is like the real plot. So Father Solomon has arrived in town, and they announce him with horns. And he announces with horns. He has a crew of like dozens of people with him: riders on horses, armed guards, a coach with like barred windows on it that have crosses all over it to capture the wolf. I'm all bored. Yeah. This guy's my favorite. Yeah, you're gonna love him and. For some reason, unbeknownst to man, he has a giant iron elephant on wheels. <laughs> <laughs> like an elephant it's, statue it's made like of iron. It's like a huge iron elephant. <laughs> like life-size to a real elephant. Yeah, it's huge. And <laughs> okay. he's just dragging it through the woods of unpaved roads. I like I, 
don't know. It's on wheels, or I assume, right? Yeah, you yeah said that, it's I on wheels. Like it's like it has a, a plate underneath it, and there are wheels attached to it. They're just like dragging it with some horses or something. That seems very inconvenient to be dragging an iron elephant statue <laughs> it's around. Insane. So the guards announce him like really dramatically, and he steps out of his coach, and it's Gary Oldman. <laughs> yes, <laughs> yes. I am loving this guy. Yeah, he's just like his Gary Oldman is too. Like he's just so Gary, <laughs> Gary Oldman. Old you never see a more Gary Oldman, Gary Oldman than this. <laughs> he's got like velvet, crushed velvet clothes on, and he has sharp pointed silver nails, like real Ooh. silver, like metal <laughs> like nails, like metal onto nails. His nails. Yes, there's like Jaws from James Bond, but oh, nails. Gosh, yeah, it's amazing. He's such a so Gary Oldman. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. That's part of the movie. So these two little girls step out of the coach and they're sobbing and they're like, don't go, daddy. And he basically (laughs) is like, you know, I have to help out this town by finding their big bad wolf because maybe it's the same one that killed your mother. (laughs) Jeez. Thanks for the exposition, Gary Oldman. Yeah. And they usher the kids back into the coach. And then the coach just departs with like the battalion of people, except for a good handful. And it's never seen or heard from ever again. So he comes with a big entourage. And an iron elephant, and he gets out of the coach and then sends his entire retinue away. Basically, he keeps like, I'm going to say maybe a dozen people with him, and then the giant elephant stays. Oh, the giant elephant, yeah, that's important. <laughs> so he has a giant group of people. I'm presuming they are all werewolf hunters. Like, I only need a few for this one. Leave me the elephant and five dudes. Yeah, I, I, I'm kind of thinking maybe all the retinue is supposed to be with his kids, like to protect them from possible werewolf attacks you could like, not I don't bring know. them you could leave them at home in a castle or something yeah i don't know what his thought process is but he's there with his 12 people and his giant Maybe he just likes element. to make an entrance like he only hired them for the day to make the entrance and they all just leave go back home like they're day players <laughs> yes that's exactly what he did he's like i need i need to win this town over he's like the music i gotta impress the rubes <laughs> Okay. Anyway, so he's there. The town welcomes him. And I swear, Danielle, if that elephant doesn't come back into play in does, some big it way, it does come back. I promise. Okay. It's I was like about to say this is the bracelet. You think it is. <laughs> I will be so upset if this is the bracelet thing again. I'll be very upset. No, that would actually be really funny though if the elephant was just there and you're like, "What is there?" I like elephants. That would actually be better. (laughs) Yeah, okay. Well, I'm pleased to hear it does make some kind of impact in the story. It does. The town welcomes him, and the guy who killed the wolf, who stabbed the wolf, he basically comes out with the wolf on his stick, and he's like... Hey, you're just in time for the festival to celebrate the death of the werewolf. And he like plops like, that's the, not the stick werewolf. into the ground. Yeah, actually, that's exactly what he said. He's like, yeah, that's not the werewolf. That's just a wolf wolf. <laughs> like- Called it. So Henry's father wasn't killed by a werewolf. He was killed by a regular just wolf. Just a regular old wolf, supposedly, yeah. <laughs> regular wolves aren't, they're pack hunters for one. And I don't think like in two seconds a regular wolf could kill you that easy. Like, they're not like bullets. So they don't shoot you and you're dead immediately. Well, that's what they're suggesting okay so the guy who killed the werewolf is he's like he doesn't have a name as far as i can tell he just has a lot of lines <laughs> like a chatty side character great he he's got like, paid extra well we've been dealing with this werewolf for two generations so i think i know what we're dealing with right now i know what a werewolf looks like and i'm like you've never seen a werewolf dude yeah, i'm about to say they haven't seen it they clearly don't know the actual rules about werewolves they had a treaty somehow for generations <laughs> yeah there's been at least two generations of werewolves all right well i hate it yeah 
And Gary Oldman in his uh his best Gary Oldman <laughs> Yeah, it says he's like basically he goes, No, you're super wrong about this. And then he launches into one of his like his melodious backstories with his voice that he does, where he just like feel like you should have him on an audiobook. Ooh. He's like, I thought I knew what I was dealing with once as well. My wife and children and I lived in this lovely town. It was much like your town. And we were also plagued by a werewolf. And one full moon, my friends and I got very drunk and we decided we were going to go and find the werewolf and kill him. And a bunch of people died. We found the werewolf. <laughs> Yeah. And I stabbed it, cut off its paw, and it disappeared into the night. And I took the paw home because I thought it was a cool souvenir to have. <laughs> Be like, hey, and it turned back into a hand. When he got home, his wife was there with a bloody rag wrapped around the stump of her arm. Uh-oh. Uh-huh. And when he opened the bag, the paw was gone, and instead a woman's hand was in its place. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And then he takes his box out, this, like, I don't know, foot-long box. He opens what? it up, and there's a woman's hand in there, and it's like... I don't know how long ago this was, but how is it not yeah, decomposed no. yet? Right? Is, like, did he preserve it in formaldehyde? Is he a taxidermist? What's know. going on? So he shows it to the crowd and they're all like, oh, a woman's hand. That doesn't prove anything. It could be any woman's hand. Yeah. And he says, I told my children that the werewolf killed their mother, but I killed her. <laughs> like... So so what we have right now is a crazy priest who was married, right? Yes. So I don't know how that works. It depends on what religion he is, I guess. Fair enough. And he's been telling everybody that my wife was a werewolf, so I killed her. But maybe he just murdered his wife and is blaming it on a werewolf. That's like, entirely possible. Just, yes. There's no <laughs> there's no evidence that she's a werewolf and he didn't just murder her. like, oh, the werewolf. He was a werewolf. I had to kill her. <laughs> yes, it's possible he's just a serial killer who enjoys pretending like he kills werewolves and instead just yeah. kills humans. There's nothing about this that leads me to believe he actually kills werewolves <laughs> up to this point. <laughs> That'd be a better plot. <laughs> he tells them that a werewolf returns to its human form when it dies, so that wolf's head definitely just a wolf's head. <laughs> and this is actually my favorite part other than the arrival with the giant elephant. Hard to beat that. He basically is like, so you guys are in mortal danger, and you know that there's a blood moon going on, right? And the crowd's like, what's a blood moon? <laughs> like, no, Good we don't question. know. <laughs> and so uh, upon finding that nobody knows what a blood moon is, he pulls out this giant box, like four feet by four feet like a huge he has box. so many props he has so many props and he opens it up and it's a mechanical representation of like the solar system it's like one of those i, I don't know what they're called but like you'd see in like a classroom exactly and it, but it's all like mechanical and he shows them he's like basically when the red planet aligns with the moon this happens Mars. for yes but he calls it the red planet he's like this happens for 3 days and when this happens it happens every 13 years a new werewolf can be created so other okay. times when the werewolf bites people it just kills them but during Danielle, the blood moon <laughs> i have so many questions i did too and he so just, many that's questions. all he used the box for sam that's it i mean i'm not even questioning about the box my question about the astronomy of this when mars aligns behind the moon it makes a blood moon by turning the that's not how it works <laughs> the moon doesn't turn red because mars is behind it's so far away it's tiny just telling you that apparently, according to him, it's when, I think the quote was, the red planet converges with the moon. 
I, I, I don't like it. I hate it. Are they even in the same elliptical plane? I don't know enough about the solar system to answer these questions. We need an astronomer to come and – if you're an astronomer and you want to critique Gary Oldman's use of this planetary <laughs> diagram thing, please write in and tell us. Because if it's really accurate, I want to give props. But if it's not – I, I want to know that, too, because I, I have serious doubts. Yes, please let us know, because we would love to know the uh, logistics of the red planet converging with the moon. <laughs> right. And I don't know if and they like, show it in the movie later, like they show like a shot of the moon turning red, because if Mars is whatever many hundreds of thousands, millions, whatever miles behind the moon, I don't think it would turn the moon red. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know enough about astronomy to be able to tell you whether or not this is. You can tell me. Does the moon accurate? turn red? I've never seen the moon. No, no, no. Turn I mean, red. in the movie. Oh, I think they probably show a shot of the moon. I honestly didn't pay that much attention. <laughs> okay. You just know it's the blood moon. It's like a three-day period where the there's basically what an eclipse-esque thing going on. <laughs> you can't eclipse. All right. All right, I'm done. <laughs> Let's move on because we got to wait for the astronomers to weigh in and tell me how wrong I am about everything I just said. I don't know how he knows all this information, too. If it only happens every 13 years, has he, like, interrogated past werewolves? Like, how does he learn this information? And how did the werewolf, like, if you just got bit by a werewolf at random, how would you, like, oh, it was a blood moon. That must be why it turned into a werewolf. Exactly. And I also love the idea that he just carts around this giant box just in case somebody <laughs> goes, what's a blood moon? That must have cost a fortune. <laughs> that thing must be so expensive. Like, this is medieval time. Like, you don't just make, you know, mechanical contraptions and like, oh, yeah, just give it to that random dude. That must have been a king's ransom. Yeah, I think he has a lot of money. He seems very well off. Enough to murder and get away with it? Maybe they pay him if he comes in to kill a werewolf. All right. They don't talk about that. So the wolf killer is again like, nah, I already killed it. You're wrong. Okay, let me... You have this beautiful mechanical contraption and a lady's handed a box, but I think I'm going to challenge you. <laughs> and Gary Oldman is like, okay, here's the issue. Because he's basically like... What's the word I'm looking for? Salem witch trialsing it. He's like making it's people. It's one of the, them. He's, yeah, yeah he's, it's one of you all. Like that's what happens. It turns back into a human, you know, most of the month. So it's definitely one of you. It's a friend. It's a neighbor. It's a mother. It's a father. And everybody kind of has that, you know, rustle of paranoia where they all look at each other, but then decide not to believe him and throw their party that night anyway. <laughs> I kind of love them. Yeah. So he barricades them in. There's like, gates all over the town for some reason so he barricades them in and has all his guards at the at the different openings of the gates all his 12 guards and he not might have more than 12 retinue. you just don't like it's very unclear how many people are in this in this town in this group in this guard system <laughs> fair enough there just seems to be like an unlimited supply depending on what they need <laughs> i wish <laughs> so unlimited men when like i need them 1-800 henchmen <laughs> <laughs> So the festival that night is very pagan-esque. There's, it's kind of like Beltane or something. And there's a scene that has a choreographed dance number, which you know I was there for. <laughs> <laughs> I bet that was your highlight after yeah, the giant like, yeah, elephant. Yeah, dancing. <laughs> <laughs> and there's also a baffling scene with these three men in pig masks. And they reenact yeah. the three little pigs. They're like, I'll huff and I'll puff and I'll blow your house down. It has a wolf in it. I guess it's the same thing. It, and it like seems to beg the question, what stories and nursery rhymes are present in this society? And why don't they know the story of Little Red Riding Hood? <laughs> <laughs> 
Was that a Grimm's fairy tale too? I don't think it was. It was not. And I actually looked up the history of the Three Little Pigs because I was curious about it. And I feel like it was more popularly known in the 1800s, but they suspect it came from much farther back. So maybe the 1300s. (laughs) During the party, she sees Peter... They end up basically getting back together and they start making out in a barn. And, yeah. Because he apparently is only going to leave her for about 10 minutes of the movie. <laughs> is Peter the werewolf? They, so I'm not going to tell you that. So they make out. <laughs> Henry oversees them through the barn. Is that why he's the wrong woodman? <laughs> yes, he's the wrong woodsman because he's actually the wolf. <laughs> Terrible choices Valerie's making. Uh, that's probably not true, but that'd be funny. <laughs> Henry oversees him through the barn, and he you could tell he's just kind of about to interrupt it, like, say something. And Peter gets called away by some friends that are up in the higher part of the barn. He's, like, kind of chagrined, and he leaves to go help them with something, and Valerie runs back to the party. And then, of course, right as all this is happening, the wolf attacks, the werewolf. And everybody starts screaming and scattering, and the guards are like, get to the church, it's holy ground. And Valerie's like, Peter's in the barn, so she Is runs off. Is it still off. a full moon? It's still, it's the blood moon, so it's the first of the three nights of the blood moon. So the blood moon is like a three-day full moon, where the regular full moon's only one night. Yes, as far as I know. Okay, great, that makes sense. Yeah, so... She runs off to the barn to find Peter, and then her friend that was at the party with her follows her because her younger brother is missing. And he's a young man that's kind of semi-present in the story a couple of times. He has some developmental delays. So she's looking for him because she can't. She hasn't seen him anywhere at the party. And then you see the first shot of the werewolf, which is a terrible CGI black <laughs> giant werewolf. <laughs> You do love bad CGI in movies, it seems. It's not great. (laughs) They would have done better to just show you little clips of it. Instead, they show you, like, full-on shots of it. Uh, Yeah. And it's terrorizing the town. It's just, like, tearing apart the the village center. And Gary and his friends, Father Solomon, Gary Oldman and his friends. Uh, He's always Gary Oldman to me. Yeah, I'm going to call him Gary. (laughs) Are trying to lasso (laughs) it with their ropes, but they keep breaking free because it's a giant freaking wolf. Why don't you use some of your silver, you dingus? Yeah. And then it finally kind of escapes the main plaza, and Gary Oldman just dramatically is walking around the plaza yelling, I told you so, very passionately into the courtyard. (laughs) He's earned it, I feel. There's like burning wreckage everywhere, and he's like, what did I say? I mean, yeah, he earned it. Yeah. So Valerie and her friend are inside the barn, and they hear the wolf tramp across the roof, and then it appears in front of them, and they kind of get backed into a wall, and the wolf steps right in front of them, just a few feet away, and suddenly speaks. But only Valerie can hear it. So it, like, do the other ones just hear growling? Just hear growling. Yep. The, the okay. friend that's with her just so hears she growling. she can understand the werewolf. Apparently. Is it her mother? That'd be really funny. <laughs> I'm not going to tell you why she can understand the werewolf, <laughs> or if it even guessing. explains it. <laughs> Guess all you want. I'm going to keep guessing that everyone's a werewolf. It's Valerie. It's uh, so, it's Valerie's a werewolf. This so, is some kind of weird mirror Valerie, trick. Valerie's the werewolf. Plot twist. Valerie just seeing herself. It's her internal werewolf. It's a metaphor. Yeah, exactly. It's a metaphor for the transition to womanhood. <laughs> That's possible. That would actually be a great movie, to be fair. 
<laughs> Didn't you watch a movie, a whole yeah, movie about... Yeah, I watched Ginger Snaps, which she turns into a demon, and it's a metaphor for, <laughs> like, the coming of age to woman. Yeah. Great. All right. Perfect. I do recommend Ginger Snaps. It's quite the movie. Anyway, <laughs> that's not the point. <laughs> There's a wolf. Is it ever? <laughs> the wolf is talking to Valerie, basically saying, like, you can't escape. I know you too well, and I know you dream of leaving this town, and that you're a murderer, too. And is Valerie's, it Henry? Valerie's like, what are you talking about? I'm not a murderer. And the wolf is like, don't you remember the rabbit? And so we flash back to that scene at the very beginning when she was little and they caught the rabbit. And Valerie apparently was the one that killed the rabbit uh, after the, after much debate between her and Peter. And but they as, both wanted to. Well, they were both kind of like they caught the rabbit and they're all like, oh, the rabbit's so cute. We don't want to kill it. Well, you kill it. You kill it. You kill it. You oh, kill it. Okay. And then they're apparently Valerie had to kill it, not who got knifed to kill its it. neck and killed it. Wow. <laughs> you Valerie, don't, you don't see it. You just hear that that's what happened. So as the wolf is talking, she notices that it has these brown human-esque eyes. So she has this close-up of the wolf's eyes. And the wolf is like, I will kill everybody in town if you don't come with me. You need to run away with me, basically. And I'll be back before the blood moon wanes because there's guards off in the distance coming. So he runs off the wolf. Ultimatum delivered. That's how you win a girl's heart. Absolutely. Threaten her. So Valerie's friend's super freaked out. She's like, you can talk to the wolf. And he, she's like, oh, you couldn't hear it? <laughs> Please don't yeah, no, say that's anything. A <laughs> She's like, everybody's going to think I'm a witch if they find out. Please don't tell anybody. And her friend's like, I definitely won't tell anybody. Your secret's safe with me. She tells them, doesn't she? <laughs> Plot twist. It's not safe with her. <laughs> <laughs> Every plot twist is like, they set it up, and immediately, 10 seconds later, they, ah, there's the twist. Nope, exactly. So the next morning, Gary is telling him that it's, wow, this is <laughs> a super powerful werewolf. <laughs> and you need to look for these following signs in your population. It's somebody who is often isolated. They use witchcraft, black arts, and all your homes are going to be searched. And if you are guilty, he's, and he yells it, he's like, I swear by almighty God, you will be destroyed. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, Gary Oldman, you're a treasure. So they hear a sound. They're still kind of in the village and everybody's sort of in the village plaza and everybody's kind of standing around now in the morning. They hear a sound. One of the guards realizes that his brother, who he had thought was dead, is alive on the ground. He's just been bitten by the werewolf. Well, so he's going to become a werewolf and must be killed. Basically. He calls everybody over to help him and Gary takes out his big silver sword and he says... Basically, during a blood moon, a man bitten is a man cursed. And the guard's like, please don't kill my brother. He has children. He's, you know. And Gary stabs him through the heart. The guy that's, <sighs> that was bleeding on the ground. And then he just walks off. <laughs> that's the end of the scene. <laughs> Cold. So, I know. Brother's not pleased. I imagine not. Valerie heads home. And then this begins a long line of close-ups of people's eyes in the town. Everybody has brown eyes. She's trying to identify the person yeah. who is the werewolf by their eyes. And interesting trivia, because I read it, uh, I think it was on IMDb. Apparently, they hired people in the town specifically to have brown eyes, or they made the cast wear brown contacts mm. so that everybody was a suspect for the werewolf, which is kind of interesting. Can I keep that mystery alive? Yeah. So kind of a weird side note. But so everybody she sees just has like, you know, kind of similar brown eyes. I guess she's never realized before that they all have brown eyes. <laughs> yeah, you think that might be something you... Well, I mean, I guess if you just think that eyes just come that way, if that's only eyes you know. Well, Valerie has... I think she has blue eyes in the movie. Oh. So, interesting. Wait a minute. She's the only that, one. Does her mother have blue eyes, no, too? I don't think about... Some... Oh, my gosh. Don't even think about it. <laughs> the genetics of this are questionable. Everybody has brown eyes except for Valerie. <laughs> Which, yes, genetically is maybe questionable. 
Okay, so we need an astronomer and a geneticist to please write in and clarify this movie for us because we are very confused. Isn't blue eye not a dominant? Yeah, it's recessive allele. So, I think I'm pretty sure it's recessive as well. So maybe both her parents had recessive genes. Yeah, but we're all right. I don't know, Sam. I don't know. That's <laughs> as much as I know about blue eye biology. Feel I, I free got, to write nothing. in, everybody. Yeah, please. We are clearly way over <laughs> our heads in everything we said about both the solar system and eye color. And werewolves. If you're a werewolf expert. Oh yes. If you are a cryptozoologist, please also write in. All right, so once home, she realizes that her mother's been wounded, but just scratched, not bitten. So, And her grandma's there taking care of her mom, and she's like, don't worry, she hasn't been bitten, she'll be fine. And her grandma also has brown eyes, so she's starting to get, like, super jumpy. Everybody she sees is a suspect. Valerie admits that the wolf talked to her, so she tells her grandma about it. And her grandma seems surprised and a little perplexed, and she's like, don't tell anybody that, because that's not nope, that's not good. <laughs> And she agrees that she's not going to tell anybody and then goes out into the town well to get some water. And Henry appears by the well. And he basically says, let's break off the engagement. I saw you with Peter. You're never going to love me like you love Peter. And she's like, yeah, that sounds like a good idea. And hands him back his bracelet. And that's the end of the bracelet. (laughs) (laughs) Bracelet story wrapped up. Neat little bow. Glad we could have the conclusion. Okay, see you all next week for Book Retorts. You can contact us at (laughs) bookretorts.com. That's exactly what I was like. Okay. (laughs) That was a romance plot that went nowhere. (laughs) The guards are searching all the houses, and they find the brother that had been missing, Valerie's friend's brother. And he has really low communication skills, and Gary finds him and is convinced that since he's hidden all night in the barn where they knew the wolf was earlier, that he he's the werewolf, A, yeah. knows something, or B, is the wolf, and or he's obviously communicating with demons because of his speech issues, and he does some- Gary Oldman is just a bundle of joy. Terrible person. He also does some, like, sleight of hand stuff earlier, the the- boy did because he just you know did like a little card trick or something and they're all like demons magic (laughs) you know gary is like he obviously communicates with the demons because he doesn't speak english properly and he does magic tricks tricks. yeah (laughs) is he a five-year-old i know people are fooled by that (laughs) and the town is outraged by this like he's just a guy like leave him alone he's he's the town person's brother. (laughs) Yeah. Like, they're all really upset about it, but they take him away to interrogate him. And the kid obviously can't say anything. He doesn't have that capability. And this is where you find out what the giant elephant is for. (laughs) Oh, I am scared? (laughs) Yeah. So Gary says it was designed by the Romans, and there's a panel on the side of it, like where the stomach of the elephant is. The Romans. Yeah. Because there are lots of elephants in Rome. Yeah, I don't know. He says it was was a a design by... I don't know if they used an elephant, but it was a design by the Romans. (laughs) And so he's like, I put my own little twist on it by yeah, making maybe. it an elephant. That's a Gary Oldman special. <laughs> so they open up the side panel. It's like a big side panel and it's big enough for a human. They push the boy in there and they lock it and they start a fire beneath the belly of the elephant. I thought it was something to do with fire. I was like, iron's oh, got yeah. it. Yeah. And he says, basically, like, it works wonders on people who won't talk. And, bas- and basically says, the ends justify the means. Because everybody's, like, up in arms about it. And the local priest is no like, you kidding. can't do that. They're literally trying to cook a person alive. <laughs> They're going to see anything to get out of that. This is... Mm, yeah. I would be less upset if the whole town was on board somehow. Because I feel like then at least they're all Equally you know, terrible. as crazy about torture as, you know, if there's like a Salem witch trial thing where everybody was being crazy. But to have one lunatic come in and stuff a kid in an 
Calvin, essentially. I know. And they just let him. They let him do a couple of things where you're just like, why? There's so many more of you. Yeah. (laughs) You invited him here. You can uninvite him. Yeah. It's really bizarre. Like, he has no authority, right? He's not like, I'm here by order of the king. No, he just comes because the the priest had invited him in. Yeah. All you have to do is reject him, send him back. Yeah. I don't think that would work with Gary Oldman. He's clearly on a road to kill every werewolf in the world. Yeah. But there are a million more of them. Yeah. But I just, I have a feeling he wouldn't put up with that nonsense. <laughs> what are they going to do? Put them all in the elephant? I have no idea. Let them all die by werewolf, I guess. All right. So elephant oven. Yes. Okay. So that's great. happening. A while later, Gary's eating. Why his- is it an elephant? <laughs> I don't know why it's an elephant sandwich. A box is. would do just as well. <laughs> I don't know. It's it's never explained. There's no like, oh, I picked okay. this up on my travels. Like, there's nothing. Zoologists out there, can you please write it and tell us your elephants conduct heat particularly well? Because we'd love to know. <laughs> I don't know why it's an elephant. It's just, I really, like I said, visually this movie is really entertaining to watch because there's just so much rant. Like, somebody put a lot of entertainment and thought process into the set design and the places where they yeah, filmed yeah. all of this. But it just is nonsensical. <laughs> like, why are there heat sacks with flowers? So why is there watch this elephant? movie while, like, playing on your phone so you can look at it and see the pretty stuff but ignore the uh the plot yeah basically great so a while later gary's eating dinner and the boy's sister which was valerie's friend <laughs> she's still in the elephant yeah he's still in the elephant i assume he's dead yet you don't see he's done yet <laughs> i mean like how long can Thermometer you survive she's done <laughs> if you're like i mean is it a relatively low heat i don't understand you never see him in the elephant other than when he gets pushed in there so i don't know if he's still in there or not Oof. so valerie's friend shows up wherever he's staying and he she's trying to gain his freedom so she offers him money which he kind of laughs at then he she offers him herself and he laughs at that then she says i can give you the name of a witch yeah and she tells him that valerie can talk to the werewolf so you can't really hold it against her that she told him i guess i can hold against the whole village for being dicks (laughs) i agree then there's a public shaming for some bizarre reason maybe he wants to get the town on his side so he basically takes the girl into the town hall or the the bar or whatever and is like tell everybody what you just told me so she tells them the whole story about Valerie. And the town quickly goes against Valerie. They're like, kill the witch! <laughs> wow. They went from, don't hurt our village people, to, well, let's murder one of our own well, really they start fast. At kill, they start at, like, you can't do that. And then it quickly escalates to, well, do you want to die? Because the wolf only wants Valerie. So if you just give him Valerie, you're fine. And everybody's like, well, I guess that sounds okay. <laughs> why would they, they, why do they trust him? I don't know. <laughs> Because he got proven correct that the werewolf came and attacked them. Yeah, but like, how do you... Mm, <laughs> everything he does is insane. Throwing a kid in an elephant oven. Uh, at what point you're like, all right, you may know about werewolves, but you don't know about people. Yeah, I don't know. Regardless, she goes to jail until <laughs> that evening. <laughs> okay, great. <laughs> They're going to use her as bait, basically, for the werewolf that yeah. evening. So the townsfolk will leave Mosey on home. <laughs> Except for Peter and Henry, who have decided to work together. Woo! Uh, Go team. Teamwork. Yeah. And Henry's going to uncuff her. He's assuming they're going to chain her up like they did with the pig earlier in the story. And he's going to use his blacksmith skills to unchain her. Oh, break into the- so blacksmith powers activate. activate. Pick exactly. The and Peter's going to be the diversion and he's going to bring the horses to them. And they can all run off together or whatever they need to do. Ooh, how progressive. You know. And then they basically shake hands and they agree to kill each other if the other one is the wolf. <laughs> 
like, if you're the wolf, I'm going to kill you. Y'all, if you're the wolf, I'm going to kill you. <laughs> oh, if Gary Oldman's a wolf, I'll be delighted. That would be so good. I hope that happens. What do you mean? <laughs> <laughs> You'll find out. I, I Later guess so. on Red Riding Hood. <laughs> <laughs> Next week. <laughs> Meanwhile, the grandma has decided to do some detective work. She's wondering if maybe the older sister... Detective grandma. <laughs> detective grandma. That'd be a good plot, too. <laughs> she wonders if maybe the older sister, the one that was in love with Henry, if she was lured out to meet Henry the night of the full moon, and Henry ended up killing her. So she's wondering if maybe Henry is the werewolf. So she goes into his blacksmith shop, and she accuses him. She's like, you're the werewolf. <laughs> That's a great plan. I know. What could possibly go wrong? She kind of leads into it, but she basically is says that and as she said she's gonna confront a werewolf in a shop full of heavy tools that you can use to bludgeon her <laughs> i know and he had like no knives backup. in his hand and stuff and like banging things and i'm like that's probably not the smartest thing you've ever done <laughs> and as she steps towards him being vaguely threatening i guess he suddenly steps away from her and his eyes get really big and he's like I'm not the werewolf. It's you because I can smell the wolf on you. I smelled it when I was in the, the woods in the cave and I can smell it on you. And she's like, I know what you're doing. You're trying to turn this on me. I'm going to go. And so she turns around and leaves and she beelines for her house. And when she gets to her house, you see her open up a chest and then the scene cuts. So you don't know what she saw in the chest. Like a like a big chest? Or like yeah, a little... like a hope chest. Gotcha. Peter, meanwhile, has enlisted the help of Valerie's father in their plan to free Valerie. And while the... She would be interested in that, I suppose. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And while the guards are busy, the father pushes a cart that's dumping some kind of oil or gasoline across an area of the plaza. They don't notice... Where did they get that? I don't <laughs> They, you see them like putting it into a keg. From I didn't somewhere. realize they had refineries in medieval. I don't, wherever this it is. might be alcohol or something. It's something that's flammable. I'm not entirely okay. like I. They show you the scene of them putting stuff in it, but I honestly was not paying that much attention in terms of <laughs> what enough. was going in the keg. <laughs> so they're jumping like a line of it across this area. The guards don't notice it because there's guards all over the plaza, but they do see him and they come and they put chains on him and they're like, we're locking you up because we don't want any trouble from the sacrifices family is basically what it is. They should have done that earlier, maybe. Yeah. And the weird thing is they only seem to lock up him. There's a grandma, there's a mom, there's probably friends of hers that should yeah. like everybody should be locked up <laughs> everybody yeah but he seems to be the only person they lock up for some reason and so as she is getting ready to go out he's being brought into the jail and gary's in there and he puts the harlot's robe on valerie so the red riding hood cloak that's what he calls the it. Harlot's, harlot's robe, robe. he says it's the color of the devil the red <laughs> Okay, well, that's a new take on the Scarlet Letter. <laughs> it was one of the things he said earlier about why she was probably in line with the werewolf was because she wore harlot's, okay. harlot's red. And so she put, he puts the harlot's robe on Valerie and he then pets her hair in this really creepy fashion. And there's no reason he has not. <laughs> there is no precursor to that where he was creepy prior to that. And there's nothing after it to show he's still creepy. <laughs> he just pets her hair. Look, sometimes you just gotta let the Gary Oldman out, man. <laughs> yeah. Gotta let the Gary Oldman out. I was like, what is he doing? <laughs> Great. Yeah. It's awesome. So they have her in manacles and they're leading her out to the to the area. Her father's brought into the jail. And then Gary puts an iron pig mask on her face and he calls it a mask for public disgrace. Because why not? What's with him and iron animals? <laughs> I don't know. And there's like this super dumb voiceover about her friends judging her now. And maybe there was something dark inside of her. She did kill that rabbit that one time. Is that her? <laughs> like internal 
internal monologue? Yeah, they do a couple of really terrible voiceovers during this. An iron pig helmet would be very heavy. Yeah. The pig mask, I'm assuming, is some kind of metaphor for sacrifice. (laughs) It's a three little pigs thing. They're really trying to wedge it in here. It's very interesting. So that night, Gary and his friends were all waiting for the wolf. Uh, They're figuring he'll come, obviously, if the sacrifice is sitting there ready for the picking. Yeah. And Peter and Henry set fire to the oil that they, or whatever it was, that they laid down earlier. So all this smoke starts and it covers the the area where she's situated. And Henry runs up behind her. He's cloaked and he's picking the locks, trying to set her free. So just the oil or whatever is burning? Yeah, it's like a line that circles around her, like they poured it around her and it just starts to set on fire and then all the smoke comes up so whatever they they did was alcohol very smoky. is pretty clean burning well I'll then it's probably not alcohol it's probably i don't else. know <laughs> it could be addend i'm just saying <laughs> i've taken umbrage with every other thing this movie has done <laughs> so i'm not going to stop now i'm happy to fast forward to that part and see what they put in the keg if it's that important <laughs> i don't care that much i just want to continue my nitpicking <laughs> so gary sees them through the the smoke and he's like he basically sends out his his team of wolf killers. He's like, go get him. The wolf is there or some, or somebody's helping the witch, you know. So he sends everybody out and Peter's caught by some of the guards as he's setting fire to stuff and he's locked into the elephant. Oh, Yay. elephant, you did come back. <laughs> uh, Henry and Valerie escape and they make their way to the spot where Peter is supposed to meet them with the horses. But then when Peter doesn't arrive, Valerie gets really suspicious and she's looking at Henry, and she realizes suddenly that he also has brown eyes. So she pulls a dagger. Everyone has brown eyes! I know, but she doesn't know that. <laughs> she wasn't in on the decision-making for the movie casting. But she saw everybody. Yeah, but apparently she just is convinced that everybody around her is the wolf, which I would be too, I guess. So she pulls a dagger on him, but she hears a growl off in the distance, and so she kind of rethinks her opinion and puts the <laughs> dagger away. Yeah, maybe, maybe. <laughs> maybe you're not the wolf. So they're seen by the guards who are chasing after them. And as she's running through town, she kind of keeps hearing her name whispered. And I'm assuming it's supposed to be the wolf that's kind of like chasing her through the town. They rush towards the church where the entire town is basically gathered inside the building. And she's trying to make it to the holy ground. The Gary stands at the entrance and he refuses to let her on the property. He's like, absolutely not. You are not getting on here. You're going to die. <laughs> he just sort of stands like, I'm not going to let you in. Basically, the wolf appears and attacks. And Gary steps forward with his sword and tries to fight the wolf, but the wolf bites off his hand, and he falls back onto the church property. Gary does. Uh Uh-oh, he's been bitten. I know. And the wolf basically says to Valerie, if you don't come with me before the sun rises, I will destroy this entire village. And after much thought, she decides she's going to leave the town. Like, if you leave the town alone, I'll come with you. And she begins to step forward, but in a weird twist, the girl who gave her up, like the one that had the brother that was yeah. caught and thing, she steps in front of her and is like, absolutely not. Like, I'm not going to let you sacrifice yourself. <laughs> and then oh, you sold her out. I know. And then all the other friends step forward and are like, no, you can't go. And then the sun starts to rise and the wolf's like, I'll be back. And he runs off. <laughs> <laughs> I'll get you next time, gadget. That's <laughs> exactly what happens. That's what he's yelling as he runs across the town. So Gary is bloody. He's on the ground. His hand's all chopped off. And the guard whose brother got killed earlier because he was attacked by the wolf. Yeah, he's got to do it. Yeah, he gleefully comes up with his sword is like, sucks to be you. A man bitten is a man cursed and stabs Gary (laughs) through the heart. (laughs) I kind of love that. (laughs) It's really good. Uh, It's great. (laughs) Oh, there goes Gary. (laughs) Oh, man, he was so good. I know. 
So later that day, I guess Valerie's been released. Now that Gary's dead, nobody wants to use her as a sacrifice. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, well, I, w- I would have some serious trust issues with the rest of my town after that experience. Yeah. The guards are still there, but Gary's dead. And she's back home. She has this bizarre fever dream. It is the weirdest sequence in the whole movie. It's like they felt like they had to add this in. She has this fever dream where she wakes up and her grandma's laying next to her on the bed in her bedroom. And she looks at her grandma and she's like, Grandma, what big eyes you have. Oh, no. <laughs> and her grandma's like super creepy. It's like, the better to see you with, my dear. And she goes through the whole all those lines and it's very meta. And there's no reason There's for no it. reason other than maybe insinuate that the grandma is the wolf, I guess. Ugh. Yeah. That's so dumb. It is. And then they sh- the next shot is the elephant again, and the door is off its hinges. Peter's broken free somehow from the elephant. He's escaped the elephant. <laughs> <sighs> no, Hannibal will be so upset. <laughs> Valerie decides- was, was that Hannibal? Hannibal? Never mind. <laughs> <What>? <laughs> the guy who marched the elephants over the Alps? Oh, you know what? Maybe. That's possible. <laughs> <laughs> Solid reference if it is. <laughs> <laughs> Great. Uh, Irrelevant, but great. (laughs) Valerie decides to go visit her grandmother because she has a kind of a weird feeling since she had that dream. She's a little worried about her grandma. And so she rushes through town, but she stops at the churchyard. She has a basket with her. You don't see what she puts in the basket, but she puts something in her basket. She's got to have a basket. Yep. And kind of covers it with a towel and runs off to her grandma's house. And while she's walking through the forest, Peter appears suddenly from the woods. He's like, I was hiding. I broke out of the elephant. I'm here. And she looks sure. at it, she looks at his brown. He's acting very weird, by the way. It's a very weird scene. I don't know why he chose to act it that way, but he's just like super happy. He's in the woods. <laughs> so I'm in the woods. I'm a woodsman. She looks at his brown eyes and she freaks out, of course, and pulls her knife, tells him to leave her alone. And he does not, and so she stabs him. <laughs> and then runs <laughs> she off. is extreme at this point. <laughs> I know. She runs off to her grandma's. So she makes it inside her grandma's house. Peter disappears. She like looks behind her and Peter's just gone from the woods. So I'm sure he'll come back at some point. But she makes it into her grandma's house and she gets inside. She calls for her grandma and her grandma talks to her, but she's like behind the bed curtain. You can kind of see her through the, the haze of the candles. And her grandma says, oh, I'll be out in a minute. You should eat some stew while you wait. And so she's sitting there and she's eating what looks to be the grossest stew in the entire world. I don't know what it was supposed to be, but it's pretty nasty looking. And her dad steps out from behind the curtain. He is the werewolf. And she's super confused, Val is, Valerie. And she's like, why? Are- I've accused everyone like her <laughs> I know, at this point. Like, Everybody is a werewolf. <laughs> she's like, why are you here? And he looks very apologetic. He's like, I'm very sorry. I had to do it. She finally realized what I was. And he, he looks down, the camera pans down, you can see his bloody hands. And so he is the oh, wolf. No. <laughs> so he had to kill his own daughter? His own daughter and his own mother, who we apparently just killed. And I don't know why, but he apparently can do the voice of his mother. Because it was his, it was the grandmother's voice that was coming out from behind the the curtain in the bedroom. So he apparently so, has the ability to speak like other people. He had a pretty good life living with his wife and two beautiful daughters, and then one of the discovered he was a werewolf. Was like, no, oh, gotta murder my daughter. Yes. As far as he knows, exposition. He tells okay. her why. <laughs> Because bad guys always monologue. They do. I'm sorry. I forgot about that. (laughs) You forgot about the bad guy monologue, Sam. So he explains that he had wanted to 
kind of leave and live his own life, but he had such an ideal life that he ended up staying. He had been turned by his father in the past. So when they talk about generational werewolves, they literally meant generational werewolves. Okay, great. And apparently if it's a generational werewolf, it's somebody, it, it gets more powerful every generation, according to lore. So oh, he was, rule. yeah, Love he's it. more powerful than his father was. The next generation of werewolf will be more powerful than he was. And so he decides he's going to turn his eldest daughter and take her with him, run off into the city or whatever. And basically he had to kill the grandmother, his mother, because she realized that, remember when earlier when Henry said that she smelled like the wolf? Mm-hmm. So she was thinking about that and she realized that she had never noticed that smell before because that's what her husband smelled like. That's what her house smells like because she mm-hmm. lived around the wolf her entire life. Right. And so she suddenly realizes that her son is most likely the werewolf. And so he decides that he's going to go and bite the eldest daughter during the blood moon or during the full moon or whatever blood moon to turn her into a werewolf. He wanted to talk to her about it. So he calls her, he sends her a letter from Henry, quote unquote, saying, hey, come out into the haystacks. And so she goes out that night and when he tries to talk to his eldest daughter in wolf form, she can't understand him. And so now he knows it's not his real daughter. Now he knows it's not his real daughter. And so he got very angry. He lost control, quote unquote, and he killed her. <laughs> Which seems like an overreaction. No. It's not her fault. <laughs> not her fault. Yeah, it's totally your fault, dude, for murdering. <laughs> and then he scratched up the mother. Remember earlier the mother was all scratched up? Mm-hmm. So he scratched up the mother and he killed Henry's father in the cave. Which I guess also had a wolf in it <laughs> that attacked at the same time. Magic. <laughs> wow, that's the luckiest coincidence wolf ever. Yeah, who knows? Maybe when you're a werewolf, you run with wolves. <laughs> you have like Aquaman psychic abilities to call wolves. Wolves of the forest, come to me! Exactly. Got wolf buddies up in the cave. Yeah. So he wants Valerie to run with, run away with him. He calls it a gift. They can be strong and invincible together. And Valerie's like, heck, no. <laughs> Like, get out of here. And as they're arguing about this, Peter, the woodcutter, seemingly unwounded now from his stab in the gut, rushes into the house with his axe. And he's promptly taken out in the quickest fight in the world. He's promptly taken out by the dad and is, like, unconscious in the corner. (laughs) So he does nothing useful. Well, Valerie interrupts because he's uh, the dad's kind of, like, crouched over him and is clearly about to kill him. Valerie interrupts calling her dad over. And she has her basket in her hand. And he turns from Peter and he walks over to her. And then Peter, apparently not unconscious, surprise attacks him with an (laughs) axe to his back. (laughs) And Valerie lifts the cover of her basket and she pulls out the hand of Gary Oldman uh, with the nails with the nails, and she plunges the silver nails into the chest of her dad. That is so stupid. <laughs> Why not use a knife or anything else? She knew where she was going. Why didn't she grab a knife? <laughs> <laughs> what? Why the Gary Old... Where'd she get the hand? It was, like, all, it was the in the churchyard. It was in the churchyard because it got bitten off by the werewolf and apparently just left in the churchyard. So she saw it on the way there. It was like, that's a good idea. She grabbed that. <laughs> okay. Okay. I'm no anatomist. Is that a word? <laughs> Physician? Whatever. I don't know much about anatomy, but I don't know if the rigor mortis of a hand would be enough to let you stab it through somebody's chest. I don't know. It was all very illogical. And the, like, the nails are sharp and maybe like half an inch to an inch from his nail yeah. bed, but they're like not that far. 
Right, that's not, gonna, that's not gonna get to his heart unless you stab the whole finger yeah. through his chest. I don't think a finger can poke through a chest. Maybe it's even a there. nick of silver kills a werewolf. I don't know. Maybe they're really, really... That seems excessive. Yeah, I don't know. But she plunges a hand straight into his chest. And then Peter and Valerie are like, we've got to hide this body because if we tell people about it, they're going to think our whole family is related to this nonsense. We're going to be called witches. We're going to die. Yeah. And so they pack some stones into his body and they row him out to the middle of a river lake thing. Oh, that's the old thing about, yeah, yeah, yeah. the Red Riding Hood area. And they drop him into the water and then Peter realizes he's been bit. His arm's hurting. He looks down. He's like, has the big bite on it. During the fight, he got bit. And they're like- Was this a father in wolf form or human form? He was in human form, which is questionable, right? But as a human. Yeah, but it's during the blood moon. So I guess it doesn't matter if the wolf is- Okay. If it's wolf or human. Okay, sure. Yeah. So they dump the body and then Peter basically leaves her at the shore and- rose off and is like, I can't be around you until I'm able to control this, which seems questionable because the dad yeah. didn't even control killing his daughter. I don't think it's something you control. Like, oh, <laughs> I just need to do some Zen meditation and my werewolf self will be repressed. And she's like, it's okay, I'll wait for you. And then no. <laughs> the final scene is her moving to live in her grandma's house in the woods. She just doesn't feel as comfortable in town anymore. So she moves to the woods. And one day she kind of feels drawn to the woods and she looks out into it. And Peter returns. He walks out of the, the trees. And he still looks there and look the same age. It couldn't have been more than a couple of years at most. <laughs> and apparently he's got his werewolf thing under control by yeah, then. Yeah, I guess so. So the end. All it took. Wow. <laughs> That was dumb as heck. I know. But like the weirdest retelling of Red Riding Hood. That is awful. (laughs) (laughs) Gary Oldman is definitely the highlight. And the fact that his hand gets stabbed to a chest, amazing. Yeah, it seems like they had a whole idea about Gary. uh, Like they had a whole idea about Gary Oldman that just they don't play with quite enough. Like he could have been so much bigger than he was in that movie. Oh, they should have been all about him. They should have followed him around like a Constantine (laughs) kind of thing. Yeah, I feel like that would have been an interesting story, him being the werewolf killer. Yeah. Well, I mean, I like the idea of Gary Oldman being completely unhinged werewolf killer. So like it's a morally dubious thing he's doing. He was that. He also kills a couple of people along the way. Like he kills the local priest. That's what I'm saying. So it's like, Gary Oldman is the ostensible, you know, hero, the werewolf hunter, but we see that he's actually maybe not that great. Maybe the werewolves aren't just evil beasts, but of course, in this movie, they are evil beasts, and he's crazy, but it doesn't matter. Yeah, that's basically, I agree. It would be more interesting to have, like, a psychological development of realizing that Gary Oldman is actually way crazier than he seems. Yeah. Oh, well, still, I was entertained. That's good. That's what I'm here for. Next up, vampires. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Please, let's let's not get ahead of ourselves. <laughs> With love triangles. <laughs> uh, and it seems like we got enough college people to write us in. So please, if you have any answers for the numerous questions and probably incorrect things we concluded during this episode, <laughs> definitely write in and tell us because we don't want to have any misconceptions about werewolves floating out there. Or astronomy. Or, or anatomy. Anatomy. <laughs> I was like, what were the other things? There's so many things we didn't understand in this movie. That's <laughs> true. Astronomy, anatomy, uh, zoology. <laughs> oh, yeah. Cryptology. Cryptozoology, yeah. Yeah, cryptozoology. That's right. Just listen to the episode again. You'll find all the stuff we get wrong. <laughs> yeah. Please let us know. You can find us at bookretorts.com. Or on Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook at bookretorts. 
So please give us a shout out. Let us know what you thought or let us know if you have an answer to one of our numerous questions. Otherwise, please, I don't want to live in ignorance of werewolf <laughs> logistics. <laughs> Otherwise, we'll see you next week for more weird media. Till then. Bye. Take care, everybody. tried i tried so hard to trim this down in my notes and it was just hard to do <laughs> okay well i, tried we'll really, I went happens. through like four times sam i went through it a lot all right well i'll just be completely silent and you'll just lecture and that'll be fast <laughs> don't do that. that'd be terrible with this particular <laughs> movie don't do that